friends, welcome to the Currently Spain podcast, and this is the third episode. I have already finished、uh, my midterm exam, so finally exam week is over. It was tough. I had six exams, and I feel like I'm only confident for like half of it. The other half, I felt like I did pretty bad. I don't know. It's I feel worse about it than usual. Um, I have six exams within one week, and everything was basically back to back. There were two days that I had two exams, you know, consecutively, and I felt like there was so little time with so many things that I have to study and prepare. I feel like I haven't done that much, you know, practice papers, or I didn't. Get the chance to revise that much because of such time constraint. So yeah, like I said, I was only confident for like half of the subjects that I had. But I don't know. Um, at least it felt good to you know get it over with. My studies start right away because it's just midterms. We don't have any breaks like we usually do after final exams. That was one of the wins for the week that I wrote in my journal, and it felt very good, you know, to be able to write that down because I had so many plans, so many things that I want to do after the exam is over, and it finally is. For this week's episode, at first I thought I was going to talk about journaling and how I journal, how I structure my notebook that I journal in. Or like maybe give you some journal prompts, but I recorded this on Sunday, and there was so much you know background noise that it ended up sounding really bad, even though I put it in the editing program. So I am now re-recording, and I decided that I want to change the subject because I have just realized. Something and I feel like this topic will be more interesting, and I hope it will be more interesting to any of you guys who are listening to this. So let's get into the episode. First thing I want to talk about is about learning languages. For your background information, I am somewhat trilingual. I speak my mother tongue, and I also speak English fluently. I guess, and I also studied Japanese, like intermediate Japanese, even though I'm not as fluent as I used to be a few years ago. But I guess I could call myself somewhat trilingual, and I feel like I have this much of experience about learning languages throughout the years of my life. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert, but I just want to share my journey and things that I have learned throughout my journey with speaking three languages. So, um, we're not going to speak about my mother tongue because, as you all know, well, your mother tongue is your mother tongue. You just you know grow up speaking it. But for English, um, I'm actually half. British, even though I don't have a British accent, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. It's something that I have always felt like embarrassed about my own heritage, but yeah. So according to my mom, the first language that I was able to speak 
was actually English. And this surprised me. I didn't think that English would actually be my first language, technically. But it was because my mom, who's Asian, she um she graduated from England, where my dad is from. So we kind of had this very close connection with you know speaking English it's not like a second language to me and when I was younger I really love reading and that came from like my parents and also my grandparents who would often read to me before I go to bed every single night and since I was very young my mom would always read you know um, English fairy tales most of the books that I owned when I was younger they were mostly in English speaking English was easier in Asian language sometimes we have like intonations or complex systems compared to European languages or even in English so I grew up you know learning to speak English first but I lived in Asia so English wasn't really much spoken in my household because my dad works in England and I had always attended like local school even though they are like private school Catholic schools that English was a main part of their curriculum and we study English every single day but everything was kind of like you know, localize the subjects that we study, how we live our daily life as well. So because of that, I didn't really have much chance to use English in everyday life. And when I was younger, maybe in like primary school, I I love reading. I read a lot. But at that time, because I think because I was young as well, I read only like non-English books. And that was when like I didn't really feel that confident with my English because of course I I didn't use it in my daily life compared to like some of my friends who speak English at home so I wasn't confident about my English at all and this it this is the truth guys even though I'm half British I wasn't confident about my English and I think this can happen to everyone you know when you don't really use it in your daily life you feel like it's not something that you regularly do so your confidence level is not that high compared to like something you you normally use this also applies to like other subjects like physics or math as well if you get the idea and it was when I started when I was around 11 yeah, I think it was 11, that I really got into reading English novels. I started with Harry Potter. I know it's a classic. It just like, it just happened to me because back at that time, Harry Potter was something that was like very famous. Once I started reading, I borrowed the first book from uh, my school library and I was immediately addicted. At that time, I could read it you know without any much difficulties but as I remember I think there were like a lot of vocabulary that I didn't know because they were like bigger words than we you know primary students normally see in classroom and also like things that reflects the British culture inside the book and that was when I started to realize that this could 
you know, help improve my English, my reading skills, and my vocabulary, and also to help you know increase my confidence in English. So I started reading. At first, I borrowed like the first three books from my school library, and when my family saw that I really loved, you know, reading English books. Like bigger books that I usually read at home, they really encouraged me, and they bought like a whole box set of this beautiful Harry Potter book, and I was very happy. And since then, I have always read English books only. I still do now. And then after that, I started reading Percy Jackson. Like these two are my favorite ever, and it has. It has helped me a lot in you know building up my confidence in English and you know shaping my reading skills, especially in English. And like since then, I have become a lot more confident about my English, about my reading, my writing, my speaking skills. And I think everything started from just reading, and it's something that sounds so magical to me. And I know that a lot of my friends now, some of them, even though they use English really well, but um, not many of them would, you know, read things in English. And I feel like um, those people, even though they are confident, even though they, you know, find the chance to use English, but mostly it will be like academically because. I think my friends are also like me that they don't really use English at home other than just you know studying. So I think starting from reading is also a good thing because you know from reading I think it's it's really special compared to just you know listening to music or watching Netflix or something like that that people would normally recommend you to do these days. Back at that time when I was younger, like um, other types of media weren't that much common. Or maybe I was a little bit traditional. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I was in a Catholic school, so maybe we were like a lot more conservative. Um, but I really enjoy reading, and I feel like from reading, the most obvious thing that you learn is that you learn vocabulary and grammar from reading, because like, of course, they are structured, and they also provide you with a lot of vocabulary depending on the genre and the. Level of the book that you are reading, and this is one of the things that I think is very beneficial, and one of the things that reading clearly provides you. So another thing that you can learn from reading is, of course, the structure of writing. Um, even though they are fiction or nonfiction, they do have this, you know, um, writing style of the author, of course, but also how one would structure, you know, um, your piece of writing. And I think that helped me a lot when I, you know, have any writing exams or doing essay writing that I'm doing now in university. I think that helps a lot because once you read, it's kind of like you're absorbing not only the grammar and languages, but How a piece of writing should flow when you're writing and reading it, and of course, reading helps increase your concentration as compared to 
other types of media that we have these days. I think that watching YouTube videos or watching Netflix, listening to music or podcasts also helps with um, pronunciation, of course. About pronunciation, I think that I understand that it's easier to, you know, absorb these things from watching YouTube videos or watching Netflix when you can like listen to how people speak, how they pronounce words, how they use their accents and unconsciously you can absorb that. I just feel like from the very first stages of me developing my English skills, reading is the main thing that I use and I feel like has clearly helped me throughout all these years. And I am someone that really enjoys reading. I started reading, you know, cartoons and like fiction books like every young adult's would. And right now, like a few years before, I started getting into nonfiction and literature. That is the fun thing about reading. Like once you have like crushed a level, you want to like jump to another level. And for literature, it's just something that I feel like is a classic. And everywhere you go around the world, like students are told to read, you know, classic literature for their studies. And I feel like they have to have something worth reading. Otherwise, they wouldn't assign students to read. And I realized that literature has this meaning in every single work like it's not only the beauty of the language the culture that you can learn from the story but also like hidden meanings in each piece so i think it would be very interesting if i get into literature and to be honest i find it hard sometimes to you know finish the whole thing because it's not like fiction of course there's sometimes no fancy no magic or like fighting fun parts whatsoever but you get a more realistic image when you're reading literature and also the meaning behind it sometimes it's just so beautiful so poetic so philosophical that is really worth your read so I've taught a lot about English. As I said, I didn't really use English as much when I was younger. Like I started using English a lot more in daily life when I started university because um, I attended an international program that everything is taught in English. At first, I found it a bit hard, you know, transitioning from a local school that everything is taught in our mother tongue to like university level subjects that are clearly harder and in English. At first I felt like I couldn't catch up what the professor is teaching. Some of the concepts I do understand from like my high school years, but I would not be able to catch it like 100% in class. I would feel like I'm like catching up slower than the professor is going. And it took me like a few months or so to like adapt to how these professors are teaching in English and how to write your essays, how to complete your assignments entirely in English. And I would say that like it took me not very long because um, I study engineering. It's mostly just like math and physics, but of course it can be viewed as like a combination of science and also English that makes it harder. 
But yeah, after I am used to you know learning English and also speaking English, using English more in our daily life, I feel a lot more confident and a lot more, you know, at ease with using English. So right now, I do not feel shy if I have to like speak in English in front of my classmates because I know that no one would judge me. For you know, using English because everyone also uses English as well. Yeah, so I encourage you to start you know implementing English into your daily life if you feel like you don't have enough chance to actually use English. Listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos are also good ways that you can improve your pronunciation and also like your listening skills. As for pronunciation, I feel like you can just record yourself and listen to yourself. Like I'm doing with you know making this podcast, but also maybe like talk to yourself in English from time to time. You will get more used to you know speaking in English and not feel embarrassed using it. And yes, of course, read because you will definitely learn a lot from reading. Trust me. All right, I nearly forgot about this. Um, this is the thing that has been like a trouble for me for so long. Is that. I'm part British, but I do not have a British accent. I try. I've been trying so hard. Like I do use British words, and some words I do pronounce them in you know British English. But um, I feel like most of the time I have this kind of American accent, and this is because um, where I live in, and in every school I had been attending. Most of the teachers or the professors would have American accents, and like foreign teachers that would teach my English classes are mostly American. So, like since a young age, I would mostly have American teachers, and you tend to learn languages better when you're young. And that was when I had a lot of you know exposure to American accents and American pronunciation, and I kind of. Took that in and merged them with the British pronunciation I hear from my dad, and so right now I have this weird accent, which is a combination of somehow British and mostly American. And there was a time that I felt really bad for not having a British accent because I'm British and people always assume that I'm American due to my accent. And I feel like I'm not representing my, you know, culture, half culture that I have enough. But it's totally fine to have an accent that is not, you know, standardized American or standardized British English, because in these countries that they mainly speak English, they also have a variety of different accents as well. So who are they going to judge you for speaking? A foreign language in your own accent. You're you're able to speak like multiple languages. So, so no one would judge you if you can communicate well and you can pronounce you know correctly, so that other people can understand you. The point of learning languages is not to be entirely grammatically correct or you know able to write a re- long research paper to write a long book. But it is to be able to communicate your thoughts and connect with other people using that language as a medium. So yeah, please don't be afraid. No one is going to judge your accent if they understand you.
talk a lot about you know um reading how reading has helped me improve my confidence in English and also my English skills. So I would like to um talk about a few books that I'm reading right now that I would like to recommend to you guys if you just want new ideas or new books to pick up. So um I haven't been reading for quite some time now. I have a lot of books left and read on the bookshelf, and right now um I'm starting to you know get back on track with reading. And here I have three books that I'm actually two books that I'm currently reading, and one that I have finished quite some time ago that I really want to talk about and recommend to you guys. Um, the first book actually it's nonfiction, and it's kind of like five hundred pages ish long. Um, I think many of you guys would have heard about this already. This is the Sapiens: A Brief History of Humankind. By Yuval Noah Harari, I hope I pronounced that right. So, um, this book is the first book of I don't know if it's a series or not, but they're just like books that, um, are related to each other. Sapiens. This is the first book. So, as the name suggests, it talks about the history and development of the human culture and. Human revolution. It's kind of like um biology and also like social sciences and history, but it's not your average boring history books or any history textbooks. It talks about the development of human society and culture. It takes you through like several time periods since you know the old ages and through the middle ages. And talks about a lot of you know ancient cultures up till now. I think it answers a lot of questions that we might have about why humans are like this that we are now. There are a lot of things that this book takes us through that really helps us understand ourselves and also our behavior in the society a lot better. I will read the back page of this book that is kind of like a summary of this book. Hundred thousand years ago, at least six human species inhabited the Earth. Today, there is just one: us, Homo sapiens. How did our species succeed in the battle for dominance? Why did our foraging ancestors come together to create cities and kingdoms? How did we? Come to believe in gods, nations, and human rights, and what will our world be like in the millennia to come? Bold, wide-ranging, and provocative, *Sapiens* challenges everything we thought we knew about being human: our thoughts, our actions, our power, and our future. So, this page, like this whole paragraph that I just read. Kind of sums it up because it talks a lot about the culture, about nations, human rights, our actions, our thoughts, a lot of things that humans did in the past. That once you read, it would answer like your doubts about the ancient human culture and civilization, and also make you know they also made us realize our own actions and behavior in you know the present time. It's very interesting. I promise that even though it's nonfiction and it's like a bit long, it's worth the read. It's something full of knowledge and expands your horizon. The main reason that I picked up this book, I think, is because it talks about how us humans form religion and 
come to believe in religion. And it, it's very interesting. It talks about like several, you know, prehistoric religions, like in the Sumerian age or in Egypt, and also like um many, many religions and spiritual beliefs that we have heard of or is still in the world with us today. It's very interesting. And a lot of things that it talks about in this book still relates to present day humans so it's like provocative and very interesting and it has two more books i think that is related the um the one is called homo deus so it's kind of like um if sapiens talks about the history before now homo deus talks about the future that is going to happen after the present day and i haven't read that yet it's on my bookshelf but i really want to finish sapiens so that i can continue to read homo deus i think it's worth the read it's something really you know knowledgeable and very interesting so i recommend this one another book that i'm also reading like sometimes i do read several books at the same time i've been doing that since i was a kid so this book is a classic literature i guess like it's classified as literature it's 100 years of solitude by gabriel garcia marquis i hope i pronounced that right he's a colombian writer and this is one of like the classic books that always get recommended if you want to find you know a, a read that is worthy of your time um so this book uh i listened to uh the summary of this book from a podcast not actually a summary but they like describe and explain a lot of things in this book it is classified as a magical realism genre so realism is like a book that kind of like based on actual events actual time period or actual places in the world things that write about reality not you know fantasy or fiction but the word magical realism is when the writer incorporates magical elements into the real world shown in this book that us readers cannot clearly distinguish which is like entirely imaginary which is entirely magical and which is the real thing everything kind of blends so perfectly in this book and i really agree with that because a lot of things like a lot of supernatural things and a lot of you know magic things happen in this book but it blends together so well that i cannot distinguish it from each other entirely so yeah, um, I'll read the back page again. So, 100 Years of Solitude tells the story of the rise and fall, birth and death of the mythical town of Macondo through the history of the Buendia family. Inventive, amusing, magnetic, sad and alive with unforgettable men and women, brimming with truth, compassion and a lyrical magic that strikes the soul. This novel is a masterpiece in the art of fiction. And this is a review that says 100 Years of Solitude is the first piece of literature since the book of Genesis that should be required reading for the entire human race. Mr. Garcia Marquis has done nothing less than to create in the reader a sense of all that is profound, meaningful and meaningless in life. 
Um, this is not actually a summary of, of the book, but it explains it really well. As I said, it's magical realism. It talks about this long line of family living in a town that, you know, was established as long as the fa this main character's family is. The thing is that it shows like very, you know, realistic parts of human life, the flaws that us humans have, the mistakes that the, the characters in this family did that keeps repeating throughout 100 years of their bloodline. And this also resonates with us readers, us humans, that um, us humans aren't flawless. We keep doing the same mistakes all over again. But it also like teaches us a lot of things about life. And it's a really good read. Like it's kind of like to me feels like half fiction, half nonfiction. It's fun. And like a lot of time you will, you know, have to stop and come to reflect yourself and your life from reading this book. It's a classic. I do recommend. But um, 100 Years of Solitude plays this you know um revolves around the theme of non-linear timeline i guess sometimes it talks about the past and then you know jumps to the future before coming back to the present and it jumps between like character to character so it, some might find it hard to you know um catch up or understand everything because it's not you know told in a linear style at first i find it I found it really hard to like catch up with the timeline and also to remember all the characters' name because it's all in Spanish and sometimes I cannot read. But yeah, it's it's fun. The characters are very vibrant and interesting, and there are a lot of things that you can learn and reflect in your life from reading One Hundred Years of Solitude. The next book that I finished quite some time. This has been one of my favorites so far. It's very poetic, it's very beautiful, sad, but yeah, it's it's just beautiful, lyrical almost. This is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. It's very good for me. I am into like Greek myth and this talks about, you know, the legend of Achilles, the guy like the best warrior in the Trojan War, but it um, focuses more on like the story of Achilles and Patroclus, their friendship, their love, and like a lot of, you know, stories on this hero that we would mostly hear that he's like a great warrior in the war, but this focuses more on like the side that he's entirely human. This book is so good. Like it's kind of like tragic but also ends with a very beautiful note the language the you know conversation in this book is so beautiful poetic and lyrical i i really love this the sad part really you know clenches your heart and yeah it's beautiful and there are bits and pieces about you know um greek myth and greek culture ancient greek culture here i think it's very interesting and worth a read if you're into this kind of story. So let me read the back page again. Greece in the age of heroes. Patroclus, an awkward young prince, has been exiled to the court of King Peleus with his perfect son Achilles. Despite their differences, 
Achilles befriends the shamed prince, and as they grow into young men skilled in the arts of war and medicine, their bond blossoms into something deeper. Despite the displeasure of Achilles' mother, Thetis, the, a cruel sea goddess. But when word comes that Helen of Sparta has been kidnapped, Achilles must go to war in distant Troy and fulfill his destiny. Torn between love and fear for his friend, Patroclus goes with him, little knowing that the years that follow will test everything they hold dear. Yeah, it's very good because it kind of like shows parts that compares between gods and humans. Like Achilles, he's um he's a demigod, meaning that he's half like Greek god and half human. And many parts of this book portrays the two sides really well, and sometimes it makes the story really sad. But yeah, I don't want to spoil much. I just want to tell that um, if you're into like books that talk about Greek mythology in like um, a different perspective, or maybe into books that are like poetic with beautiful languages and words, this book is for you, of course. And I think I saw this book in like the um genre that is like supporting lgbtq people and yeah it's so yeah it's really good representing that as well so yes the song of achilles by madeline miller so those are all the three books that i recommend to you guys from my own taste i still have a lot more on my bookshelf including classics like lord of the flies by william golding um, the Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. And I also want to read this um, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. I guess it's like a feminism book that revolves around like um, different girls and different ages and their struggles and their life. So yeah, these are all the books that I particularly enjoy. And I hope that you guys like found something that sounds interesting enough to you. is really long but thank you if you have been listening up till now that means a lot to me and I hope that the topic of this episode is interesting enough and I hope you guys will you know find this new urge to want to pick up any book or try harder and becoming better in studying languages and yeah I hope you enjoy the episode and see you guys in the next episode bye